0: How many people ride horses? I took a horse into a middle school in Silver Spring for a day of visiting, so to speak, and two of my riders were at this particular school, and they kept saying, nobody believes that we do this. All of a sudden, they went from being a kid in a wheelchair to, oh, you ride.
1: Welcome to an episode of the Interesting People podcast. Today I'm joined by Leslie Shear, the executive director of Circle of Hope, as well as Donna Edwards, the events coordinator. How you two doing? Great,
2: thank I- doing you, great.
1: All right, so let's talk about Circle of Hope. You're a therapeutic riding organization, right? Yes. So for people who haven't heard of you, what's a little elevator pitch?
0: Essentially, Circle of Hope uses horses to enhance therapy. For children and adults with
1: disabilities. So it's not just children?
0: We have about 85% of our clients that are under the age of 18 and about 15% adults with Down syndrome, MS. Most of the other participants are CP, autism, on the spectrum, and a variety of other genetic disorders.
1: So you founded Circle of Hope. How long have you guys been around? 22 years. 22 years? Yes. What was the inspiration for starting it?
0: I was at a point in my life where my children were in school and I wasn't sure I wanted to go back and working in a law firm. So I decided I would find a nice volunteer job. And I saw a poster that said, do you like horses and children? Well... Yeah. And so I went and volunteered for a center in D.C. They had a program with the D.C. public school system in which a bus came with 12 to 14 kids, a variety of disabilities. And in an hour and a half period of time, they had to do some groundwork, as in grooming and learning about horses, and a mounted session. And then those kids got on the bus and left. And half an hour later, 12 more kids came. Oh, man. And it was a real... Get them in, get them out, go do. And what I was seeing was a benefit about six weeks into the program of an eight-week program.
1: Mm. And
0: I thought, no, this is no good. At, at eight weeks, they leave. So I kind of felt like we needed to do more one-on-one and not large classes, and we don't have an end to the program. So if you start, you go for as long as you can benefit from the program. That's why I started Circle of Hope, because I felt like individual, goal-specific for each kid or adult. Mm. And- as long as they need it. So not at the end of eight weeks, not the end of 12 weeks.
1: So it's a part of their life at that point. Mm -hmm. I've
0: had kids that have been with me for 10 years.
1: So you can actually see them grow up and become accustomed to horses. And
0: And get invited to high school graduation and say, (laughs) I'm not that old, but they have grown up. Very shocked when I get the high school invitations, you know, the graduation invitations. But I've seen them from starting at age five or six and just moving along with us. And the only reason that they would leave other than, let's say, financial or moving someplace else would be that they are ready to move on to something
1: else. There is a difference between riding a horse, riding a bike. There is the emotion of the horse forming that connection, that bond. Is that where you really see the advantage for some kids? There's a
0: lot of connection to the horse, but the initial issue is the horse is a living breathing thinking animal and it has its own view of life horses are flight animals by nature so if something's not wonderful or something's a little scary their attitude is leave and leave now one of the issues with doing therapeutic riding was making sure that your horses were well trained so that if there was an issue where a horse was uncomfortable with a particular situation they trusted you to say okay this is all right keep going. And that's one of the best things about therapy horses is that they will stick through you when you're doing baseball on a horse or basketball or you're riding your rider sideways or backwards to benefit them. Mm-hmm. The horses just say, Okay, this is what you need. I will do this for you.
1: You do sports on the back of horses?
0: Sure we do. I even develop bowling but it's not perfected yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's working but only in limited range and limited ways. It's as good as your imagination is, but every single thing that we do on a horse has the benefit first. The fun comes secondary. When we do baseball on a horse, we're doing it for a particular reason of hand-eye coordination, crossing midline, balance, core strength, standing in the stirrups rather than sitting in the stirrups. So all of these things you can do playing baseball. The beauty of it is that they're not in a therapy room and they're not balls and mats and things like that. You're on a dynamic moving surface And the kids don't realize they're doing therapy.
1: Do you guys have a lot of trainers involved Mm. in
0: the program? One of these days, I'm going to write a book called The Search for One Good Therapy Horse. Because when you search for a therapy horse, you're looking for a horse that's willing to deal with a lot of things that other horses will say, nope, I'm out of here. Once that is established, once you find that, then you test out the horse. So when I go to, let's say, a home barn to see this horse, I'll bring my toys and games and musical instruments and bubbles and test them out. If they react poorly, then I know, nope, this is not going to be a good horse for this. And I can tell you one story. We were looking for a fairly large horse, but not too tall. And we went to this beautiful thoroughbred barn. And there was this Percheron mare, draft horse. And she was just totally out of place there, but (laughs) she was there. And we put her in the aisle and started testing her out with all these crazy things that we do. And I looked to the side and the stalls on either side. All the thoroughbreds were pressed against the back wall saying, no, I don't like this. What are you doing? That was a key thing. She just stood there and dealt with it and said, oh, that's no problem. And all the other horses were going, not interested. Thank you very much. And then once the horse is selected from the home barn, then it comes to our program and is on a three-month trial. So we don't even accept the horse into the program until it's been there for three months. And we've known that it Mm. can do the ramp mount, the lift, because we have a hydraulic lift that lifts the kids out of it. Oh, okay. So that if they can't stand on the ramp, then we can lift them right out of the wheelchair and get them on the horse. If they can't do any of that, they're not going to be good for the program.
1: Kids, sometimes you can't. Trust them to behave. You can't trust them to do that kind of stuff. Do you have the trainer just see if the horse will deal with like having their hair pulled a little bit or something like that? Oh, absolutely. We pull
0: tail, we pull hair, we lean down, hang on the horse, hang on the neck because. In an effort to be loving to the horse, a lot of kids don't understand. They think dog, hug, horse, hug. Horses are naturally claustrophobic, so they don't like it when you come around them. Then you think about what we do in a therapy session where we have a leader and two side aides. We have now surrounded the horse with people. Then we ask them to do it. Well, they're not comfortable. A lot of horses aren't comfortable feeling closed in like that. And Donna knows that when she's side-aiding, she is pressed up against the side of the horse to make sure that she is there for the rider should something happen. And that's what our side-aids do. A lot of centers call their people side-walkers. We don't. We call them side-aids because they do so much more than walk.
1: So Donna, how did you get involved with Circle of Hope?
2: My boss's daughter was a volunteer there for a long time. So I heard about it through her. And when I decided to get into volunteering, I went to Circle of Hope. I've been raised around horses all my life. I love horses, and I love giving back to kids. No child should not have a quality of life somehow, even though they have a disability. If you saw them on the horse first, you'd never know they couldn't walk on the ground by themselves.
0: When you see a kid up on a horse, walking with an able-bodied person on a horse, you look at two riders walking along. You don't see that child has this disability, and that separates them. That's number one. Number two is the beauty of... I'm doing something that not everybody does. There's sports in school and things like that. But how many people ride horses? I took a horse into a middle school in Silver Spring for a day of visiting, so to speak. And two of my riders were at this particular school. And they kept saying, nobody believes that we do this. All of a sudden, they went from being a kid in a wheelchair to, oh, you ride.
1: I can't imagine how much being able to redefine yourself in that way can be so good for someone, especially with how rough it is being like a preteen.
0: It is hard. And I don't mean to say this in a bad way, but kids can be so nasty sometimes. Oh, yeah. And one of my goals in doing this is to educate people about individuals with disabilities, not disabled. There's a difference. The individual comes first. And teaching kids that is the most important thing. If we can teach them young, then when they get older, they won't be dealing with people with disabilities by staring or Mm -hmm. talking, they'll be, hi, what can I do for you? What can I help you? And tell me about what you do, rather than just looking and passing them by. A lot of kids with disabilities have emotional issues also because of the stigma of their disability. And think about if you're in a wheelchair or you have a disability where somebody else is basically controlling your life 90% of the time. You get on a horse, you're controlling a 1,000 pounds of animal. And when we have kids with attention deficit issues and they're steering independently. If they're not paying attention, we allow that horse to walk right up to the wall and stop. And then we go over what happened, how do we fix this, so that they understand they weren't focused on the job and the horse just stopped at the wall because it didn't have any input from the rider.
1: And I feel like that's a more practical lesson for a kid with ADHD. There's a lot
0: of ability to focus in on how do you stay on task.
1: I love that whole idea of the life lesson. That's things they can just take back and apply Mm -hmm. to anything they do.
0: As in grooming and tacking a horse and things like that. You get up in the morning, you wash your face, you comb your hair, you Mm -hmm. brush your teeth, right? Well, these are all grooming things that you do as a human. Well, you get to the horse. The horses come in out of the field. They've been out all night in the rain. They're full of mud and dirt. Grooming. Cleaning, you put on clothes, the horse puts on saddles and bridles, and they learn that task. And then they go home and they go, well, you know, I just cleaned the horse. I can definitely clean myself.
1: Have you had any uh, students that are now have come back as volunteers?
0: Yes. Yes. It's been wonderful. They go off. College, And you go, no, no, it can't be that they're going off to college. There's just no way. But then I get these calls. I'm home for the summer or I'm home over this vacation time. Can I come volunteer? And these have been my students. All of a sudden they're coming out and saying, can I volunteer? Sometimes the parents have to come with them because we need that extra aid along, most of the time they just want to come back out and be with the horses. And you think about how you feel when you're around a horse. It's a very calming sensation. When I was growing up, if I had a rough day, I needed to go to the barn, not the mall. I went to the barn. I sat with my horses at the barn and just sat in the stall with them and started to get feeling better about, okay, it was a bad day, but it's not so bad after all
1: with kids and everything like that, do you have different varying sizes of horses for that? One size doesn't fit all. <laughs>
0: we used to have a pony in the program, but what you're looking for is a certain type of movement or a certain type of personality. The ponies have more of a choppy gait. I call it like a sewing machine because they're smaller. So the legs have to work faster, <laughs> and therefore the movement is more jerky. A bigger horse with a bigger stride has a more smooth movement, and then there are different breeds. The draft horses have a certain kind of movement. The thoroughbred have a certain kind of movement. So when you pick horses for a program, you have to figure out, okay, what do I need for these students? And then how to match the student to the horse.
1: Do students pair off with a horse or do they graduate to harder horses?
0: They pair off initially with a horse. The instructor meets with the parents during an initial evaluation. We figure out what their capabilities are, what they are willing to do, what their limit is as far Mm -hmm. as the challenge is concerned, any precautions or contraindications that we need. We sit down with the parents and we set up goals. And then we go from there. So if they are assigned to a particular horse, it's because of whatever goals we've decided that we need to do. And the horse is then assigned. But it can change as they get older or they get a different interest. Then we change the horses out.
1: Do you do semesters or can people just start with you at any time?
0: That's the beauty. No semesters. (laughs) You start, you stay with the program as long as it's beneficial it's not a pony ride it's not just come out and ride a horse and not learn something whether it be horsemanship whether it be learning how to steer a horse over a certain obstacle doing an obstacle course, playing games on the horse, whatever. That is part of the goal system. And then we reassess, we design the program again, and then we move forward. And at a point where we cannot see a benefit anymore, or they are ready for different type of riding, as in going to a regular able-bodied stable.
1: How long does a horse participate with Circle of Hope?
0: As long as they're happy and willing to do their job. If they get to the point where they're too old or we're starting to see some arthritis, or they said, you know what, I want to go fast. And you don't want to go fast. And then we say thank you very much and we find a good place for them and we pull another horse into the program. We had this lovely little quarter horse. She just was doing a great job and she just decided she had the need for speed. The more we would trot her, the more she would go, Wahoo, let's go fast. (laughs) And we sat down and went, You know what? She's a wonderful horse. She's gonna make someone a great trail horse but This is not for our program. And so we traded horses. This one woman took our horse and she gave her horse to us. Worked out beautifully.
1: 22 years. What are some of the big lessons or how have things changed since you started?
0: When I first started out, I did not know a lot about the industry. I started out as a volunteer. And I volunteered one day a week, then two days a week and three days a week. Helped with exercising the therapy horses, Just get on, ride around a little bit, go take a trail ride or something like that to keep the horse comfortable. Make the horse enjoy his life as a horse. Horses are not normally walking in circles for how many hours of the day. They're walking and eating and running when they want to and everything else. So the natural things that a horse does, we want to make sure they do when they're in the therapy program so they feel comfortable doing what they're doing. At that time, I was asked, do I want to become an instructor? And I was going through a a divorce at the time and really self—I didn't— feel confident about myself. So all of a sudden I'm thinking, oh my God, I've got to take tests and I've got to teach kids and everything else. It was the best thing I ever did. So therapeutic writing kind of saved me first. Mm. And then from there, working in that one program in DC, learning how to manage the large group and then seeing the benefit of the one-on-one. There's a national organization that Accredits and certifies. So, when looking for a therapy program, you want to look for that. You want to look for an accredited program and certified instructors so that you know that you're getting someone who has gone through all the tests and gone through all the standards and follows them. And you know that when you put your child on, it's a safe situation, God willing. I have many parents who are afraid of horses, but they'll give me their child with disability and say, Here, put my child on a horse. But I'll say, Come on up and say hi to the horse. And they'll go, No, no, No. it's okay.
1: I'm okay. I'm fine over
0: here. (laughs) Or, as they're getting their child, they'll go up and touch the horse and go, nice horse, and then walk away. There's that kind of situation. And not all our parents are like that. They understand that they, you know, some of them have been riding themselves. But it's interesting that their fear of horses does not stop them from doing the very best they can for their children and finding all the therapies possible. We do bring people to the farm, Mm -hmm. we do field trips. The Children's Inn at NIH brings a group out once a month for an afternoon at the farm. The children that are in treatment at NIH and their families are staying at the Children's Inn, once a month we get a busload of about 20 to 30 people and we provide them with activities to do at the farm so that when they get off the bus, they have things to do. We have a grooming station. We have a meet the donkey station because we have two miniature donkeys. They're great, they're just wonderful. Babs and Cody.
1: Solid donkey names. Yes, cool donkey names. (laughs)
0: And then they learn from a woman who comes and takes care of our horses and does cranial sacral work and horse massage. She comes out and teaches them how to do it so that they learn and understand how the horse's body works a little bit. They ride. Sometimes our farrier comes out and does a farrier demonstration, and then they also do arts and crafts. We give them a horseshoe to decorate, and then they can take that home and use it as decoration at their house. And then we provide dinner. And I will say that when they get off the bus, a lot of them are very tentative. I signed up for this, but I don't know what I got myself into. And by the time the bus is ready to go, we're trying to herd people to get back on the bus because they're just busy doing stuff and they're not ready to leave. It's a nice change to see them go from that stressful institutional feeling to that relaxed country, breathing fresh air. I got away from it all. And these kids who are in treatment put it behind them for a little bit.
1: How easy is it to apply to go to Circle of Hope?
0: The process is to contact us and set up an interview evaluation. But we don't take them younger than three because there's development issues, there's cognitive issues, there's expressive language and receptive language, which yeah. always is important. Receptive language, yes, please. <laughs> and once we do that and we establish whether or not we can then help them, then we go ahead and set up times and get them
1: started. Don't imagine you're always looking for volunteers or with always.
2: This?
0: Always. Donna can tell you how much we look for volunteers because she's
2: how long have you been volunteering with us? Since two thousand seven.
1: With an organization like this, you want really skilled volunteers. So what is that search like? The
0: skills we teach. So if you're comfortable around a horse and are interested in doing and healthy walking, you know, because it's a lot of walking, we will teach you what you need to know to be a good volunteer. Safety, emergency procedures, things like that, because it's really important around a horse that you all know safety rules and regulations. If you're not comfortable around a horse,
2: this is definitely not the volunteer job for you.
1: Any fun memories just come to mind when you think of it?
2: Well, I love how the kids are so receptive to what they are doing on the horse, and each child is different. When Leslie instructs, she has to adapt to each child's needs and temperament and emotional abilities, and she does that. She's awesome at what she does. (laughs) I've worked with other instructors when she's been away doing accreditations or things like conferences, and she's awesome at what she does. It's really amazing. It's a very rewarding experience for me. I just like to give back to kids as much as I can. Thank you,
0: Donna. So. That was really sweet. <laughs> yeah. When the kids come, sometimes yeah. you have a lesson plan set out. You have your goals in mind. You have an idea of what skills you're going to be teaching that day, what you're going to be reviewing. And mom will come up to you and say, Bobby had a really bad day at school. And from there, that lesson plan that you have goes right out the window. And what you have to do at that point is see what Bobby is willing to do. If he's had a bad day, he's had frustration with his teacher, the last thing you want to do is be in his face again. So readjust what kind of game can we play to get him to relax a little bit more and go with the flow and then slowly teach the skill. You can have a great lesson plan all planned out, but you just never know with kids how it's going to be when they get to the barn. And And also they learn skills that they can take home. We had a day where we had thunderstorms and we had to get off the horse. So we went into the barn and did stall cleaning and sweeping. And that evening, mom called me in tears and I went, oh, boy, what happened? And she said, he came home. He went out into the garage. He got a broom, and he swept the back deck. And I said, yes, this is good. And oh she said, my goodness. never had he ever done anything like that. So he applied what yeah. he learned and took it home and did it at home. I was cheering on the phone going,
2: yes, don't cry, be happy. And she goes, "I am. I'm very happy. And then we have the other extreme. One of the kids that I've been with since he was tiny, and now he's in his teens, he Is on the autistic spectrum. When he first came, and Leslie would tell him to square up the horse. He's very technical, and he's very, very bright. So he would say, actually, you're rectangling the horse. And he was right. (laughs) But, But it's called squaring up. It's that kind of thing that just makes it so special because... Each child is thinking in his own mm-hmm. emotional way.
0: We've developed to the point where we are now saying square up, and he says, okay, fine, I'll square up. <laughs> but the first time he did it, yeah. it was so funny, he looks down and he goes, it's not a square, it's, it's a rectangle. A rectangle. <laughs> so, okay, we'll rectangle up for a while, and then we'll say. <laughs> and this is a young man who is very bright and very capable, mm-hmm. but very exact in his thinking. For the longest time, he was so ready to move on to trotting, but absolutely refused to do it. So... I kind of changed the language a little bit and decided to say, well, we're walking at a working walk. Okay. (laughs) So the horse was walking a little bit faster. And then I'd say, well, let's see if he can just jog a little bit, you know, never use the word trot. And we were getting on and he was now trotting, but we were still not saying the word trot. And in the middle of the lesson, he stops and he looks at me, and goes, I'm
2: trotting, aren't I? (laughs) And what's funny is it's she will, in the middle of his lesson, even now, she'll say, Okay, I think we're going to T R O T now. <laughs> and like, he knows what she's saying. But he doesn't, you know.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's, so he was it's funny. Sad. He
2: goes, you've been lying to me all this time. I said, yes, I have.
0: But <laughs> look what you've accomplished, you know. Uh, he's trotting now. He's yeah. trotting. He doesn't need the side aids when he trots. And yeah. he's doing the posting and the sitting trot. And there's a, something called two-point. It looks like a jockey position. Mm-hmm. He's doing all of that. But in order to get him to do it, I had to kind of go around a stumbling block that he was on. And then once he figured it out, then he's like, okay, So I can do it and now he's doing it and he's not thinking twice about it
2: and what's really nice about part of the program too patrick is that she teaches them no matter what their disability is they learn good horsemanship in whatever they can function to learn so it's really awesome it's awesome just to watch when they do those lessons.
0: So it's not just a ride. It's learning a skill base. They are learning how to steer the horse, how to stop the Mm -hmm. horse, how to get the horse to go and do it in the right way. They see Mm -hmm. on TV in these Westerns where these guys take their legs and just whomp it on the side of the horse and the horse takes off and they think that's the way life should be. We talk to them about gentle squeezes mm-hmm. and moving your hands forward away from your belly so that the horse's head has got more room. And then you can say, OK, move forward. And the horse goes, oh, yeah, I can do this. That's what we're learning as proper skills so that when they do leave our program and go to, let's say, an able-bodied program, they have good skills yeah. at least to work off
1: of from that point. Circle of Hope, is it an indoor facility, outdoor facility? What? We
0: have an indoor facility. We lease space, and it's a small indoor, which is nice because it's a controlled atmosphere for kids, especially with attention deficit issues or something like that. Oh, yeah. There's enough in the indoor to distract them, and we obviously use those things in the lesson. But also the small indoor provides us with the opportunity to get them independent because it's a small enough location. We have enough volunteers in there that we could place them strategically around the arena and then <laughs> let the kids go loose. And we have several riders who are independently trotting, which is wonderful.
2: And also, Patrick, our participants that can't speak verbally, Mm. she teaches them with their hands. She takes their hand and says walk on. She teaches them what they need to do to have the horse walk on, even though they can't verbally. So if they can't
1: speak, they're still able to form that connection.
0: There are things that they can do physically. And one of the things that we tell the kids to do is touch the horse on the mane, and that's the go or the walk on. So we have little kids that maybe do not have communication skills, or we have kids who do not want to speak. And this is a way for them to control the horse. And express their needs and do something to you say, I wanna go now, touch the horse, and we go. And the interesting thing is that the woe sign is a hand on top of another hand sideways. So it's like stop and we'll say time to woe and I'll give the you know the signal and they won't do it. And the reason they won't is they don't wanna stop.
1: They don't wanna stop.
0: <laughs> they don't wanna stop, you know. I've taught them the command, but no, they're not interested. They wanna keep going. And then there's this stopping to get off, and it's time to get off, all done, and they're more more. more. So they're giving the hand signal for more. So it's nice because then they've learned to express themselves. And kids with communication issues, the frustration of not being able to express yourself Mm -hmm. is where you get behavioral issues. So if you can find a way to get around that and allow them to express their needs, then you've jumped Mm -hmm. over yet another hurdle.
1: The amount of personalized care that you put into each kid seems to be such like an important part of this program.
0: It is. It really is. Donna can tell you that we Mm -hmm. as a team... We have a horse leader, two side aides, the instructor. And as a team, we work together and figure out how to best achieve. And working with the volunteers, these kids will look to the volunteers for help. And most of the time, those volunteers are just ready right up there to say, okay, having trouble? This is what we need to do. And so it's a whole team atmosphere, including the horse. I shouldn't leave out the horse. (laughs) The horse is a really (laughs) integral part of the team. And it's important that he or she, the horse, be included because that movement, that response, that lack of response when they're not doing it the right way is such an important part when teaching a skill. So if you want the horse to do something and it's not doing it, huh, why not? Let's go back and figure this out. And that's when we get the accomplishment. That's when we get the, the goal.
1: That's fantastic. Do you still ride in your free time? What, what's, what do oh, you yes. do with horses when you're oh, not? yes.
0: <laughs> the beauty of being involved in a program like this is that I don't need to own my own horse because mm-hmm. I've got horses there to ride. And I ride to exercise the horses, and I ride for me just to get on and go and relax. And for a while there, I had a back problem, and I couldn't ride, and I was just so frustrated. And the doctor finally said, you can get on. And you can walk. But the volunteers thought this was hilarious. They said, "Okay, Leslie. And they got me on like a rider, put me up. And they had two side aids and a leader. And they said, you just sit there and you enjoy the ride. We'll take care of everything. I'm going, guys, i just like to go ahead. You can go away now. I can ride the horse. I missed it. A terrible Mm -hmm. amount and i missed it in college when i couldn't ride and things like that and i think you miss it too Mm -hmm. it is a very soothing very relaxing very positive feeling when Mm -hmm. you're on the horse i could get on a horse and just sit on it and not go anywhere and feel better just being there
2: you'd be surprised how much it relaxes your muscles just just to sit there
0: we have kids with cp who get on with their legs very spastic and tight and within i would say first 10 minutes, those legs have dropped a good two to three inches, which is wonderful. Those muscles are relaxing. Then they get off and they're able to walk better because their muscles are more relaxed instead of all tight. The whole industry is wonderful. It's come a long way. We in America were a little slower to pick it up than the Europeans. The Europeans started therapeutic riding back in the 1950s, but we in America early 70s late 60s early 70s and initially it was get the kids out get them out of their wheelchairs and give them a pony ride but we have developed so much more since then there is therapeutic driving as in a horse and cart there is therapeutic vaulting as in getting on the back of a horse while the horse is cantering and standing up doing all sorts of positions to you've seen people at a circus let's say yeah. going around well this is going around in a circle with a vaulting horse and learning all these movements on the back of a horse as a team, two and three riders at a time. They have mental health programs now. Mm-hmm. They have programs for veterans. We have developing a senior program. We've actually had a group of seniors oh, come out.
1: That's great. And
0: do They were dementia patients from a nursing home, and it was wonderful to have them out for two and a half hours and get them touching, grooming, and participating in the yeah. farm. It's just amazing. A lady came off the bus, and she went straight to the donkeys. (laughs) And they they had aides coming with them. And and one aide came up to me and said, this is amazing. She grew up on a farm with donkeys. Oh. And couldn't stop touching them, grooming them. She stayed with them the entire two hours that they were there. And she started talking. And more talking than she did when she was at the nursing home. You walk away at the end of the day going, oh, my God, I love my job. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dirty. I'm tired. I'm cold. I'm hot. But I love my job.
1: Well, thank you guys so much for your time telling me about this. I end every interview with the exact same question. We'll do it one at a time. What has you excited? What are you looking forward to?
0: The program went through some periods of up and down especially in 2008, when we had all the financial issues, the bottom dropped out of the finance market and things like that. A lot of nonprofits suffered through that. We did too. And it's been a slow, careful back up. And I'm at the point right now where I think we really are in a great position comfortable position we're always looking for funds we're always Mm -hmm. looking for supporters but i feel like we've gotten over the worst of the hump and now we're ready to continue with our senior programming and things like that so it's the next step and so i'm really excited about that
1: fantastic donna what are you looking forward to
2: it's the best thing i ever got involved with (laughs) is this program and i can tell you i look forward just being at the barn with the participants and watching them ride and the things that they learn and do. Our program depends on volunteers and donations. For these kids, I will work definitely as hard as I can to see that the program stays good for all who are in the program because they deserve it and they need it. And
0: she's an amazing events director. I'm telling you, thank God she's with the program. (laughs) Thank God she sits on the board because she has really done amazing work as far as outside of the arena. She has done so much for the program. We couldn't be where we are now without her.
2: Well, thank
1: you both. Thank
0: you.
2: Thank you.